Hiya, this is Emma from Life Plus. Today, Sabz and I are joined by my friend Noga from Tel Aviv, Israel, to tell us about her product Reflect, which is a relaxation facilitator that guides your psychological and physical state to unwind. We also explore Noga's unique path from where she studied neuroscience, but also textile design, combining her expertise to relieve her own stress. Then we also tapped into the wellness scene in Israel and talked about social dilemmas. First of all, um, thank you so much for inviting me. This is actually my first podcast that I've ever done. So, very excited about that. Tell us, you know, the listeners of our lovely small podcast, um, where you are from today and also, you know, what's around you? What do you see? Me? Well, I'm in my apartment, which I haven't left in a while. I do leave to (laughs) take my dog, which is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in the middle of Tel Aviv, which is really nice. It's kind of quiet, like it's a big city that suddenly quiets down. So it's quite Mm -hmm. unnerving, um, but also kind of nice. So it's Mm. very quiet for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, kind of, um, I guess I got used to the, the lockdown mentality. I actually kind of enjoy walking from home. It's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It is kind of blurring the walk life and life life. But I mm-hmm. think because I, I've been living that anyway, sort of because it's, it's my startup and I'm the founder. So I always have walk on my mind anyway, like mm-hmm. not very different, like, Right, and, and reflect. It's um, describe to me kind of what it does. Uh, it's a, actually it's a biofeedback device. So when you hold it, it measures your parameters, like things that are going on in your body that you may not like unconscious processes that happen all the time, like heart rate, temperatures, things like that. In biofeedback, we measure those things and we present them to the user. So you gain some form of control. You you start to see that you can influence your body and your body influences you back. So for stress biofeedback, we measure a few things that correlate to stress in the body. Um, and we measure two things. We measure ECG, so we measure heart rate, and we measure um, your skin conductivity which is something that always changes very rapidly. It goes up and down and up and down all the time. When you're stressed, it goes way up. And when you're calmer, it goes down. So Reflect is basically that experience in a soft and inviting orb of a kind where you place your fingers on it and it measures you through your fingers and it shows you your stress level through changing light. So the purpose is to sit down with it and breathe and focus on the light and try to get it to become the the white light, which is the most calm. And obviously sometimes it's more hard to do it than others, but um, the purpose is like to, to give um, some purpose to to try to control, to control your body and then you can relax yourself. You can do that as practice or just like before something stressful. Oh, very cool. Yes. Yeah. I hope everybody can see. <laughs> Rewinding the clock a bit to, you know, why you started, where you started, yes. how the sure. journey has been and, you know, yeah. up to our lovely COVID time. So actually, um, Reflect came out of like um, a mashup of everything that kind of defines me. First of all, I'm a very yeah. anxious person and <laughs> I'm, I'm very stressed and I'm always looking for solutions for that stress. Uh, I'm also a textile designer, so thinking about things like texture and the feel of things and and using design to communicate with people and to give them something of comfort was very important Mm. to me. Um, And before that, I was studying neuroscience and I have a neuroscience degree um, from Aviv University. When I finished that degree, I, I felt like I wanted to do something that's more of my own and not just like research and and science but I felt like myself was missing in the process so Mm. when I thought about things that I really love doing and how I love expressing myself I actually came up to textile design I've been knitting from a very young age Mm. at that point I kind of didn't understand that it could actually be a career I was very surprised to find out there is a degree in textile design Um, but I was very excited about like moving into more creative realms 
Mm. And when I was at school um, studying textile, for a while I put like my whole science background behind me and, mm. and left that out there. But then at the final year, the fourth year, you have to choose um, a theme for a final project, which you work on throughout the year. And at that point, I was thinking, how can I use textile in a way that really gives value to people? Not just aesthetic value, but something other than that, that can really influence people's lives. And I thought about smart textiles and how we can use technology and textiles together. So smart textiles, basically, textile elements combined with technology in some way. And thinking about the applications for that, I kind of remembered, went back to my neuroscience degree and thought about biofeedback. So biofeedback is, is a very interesting therapy method that really is just like the, the middle between the body and the mind. So it's how the body um, influences the mind and the mind influences the body. So mm-hmm. we can look at stress parameters and obviously, if we think about something stressful, it will immediately, like after like a one second, two second delay, you can mm. measure that through your fingers. That's amazing. Right. And on the other hand, if you start to control your body, you can actually mm. calm your mind. Mm. So in my final project, I wanted to explore how I can give a biofeedback experience through textile. And they mm. use smart textiles to measure people's um, physiolog- physiological parameters. Mm. So, um, so that was my final project. I worked on that in school for a year. I kind of mm-hmm. um, learned along the way things like DIY electronics, and I had a lot of help in um, making right. this something that actually works. Mm. So it wasn't just like a suggestion, it was a working prototype. So I created mm-hmm. a series of for knitted orbs and they were mm. knit with the conductive materials in them right and then i used uh, diy electronics inside an arduino uh, board and i gave that experience where the led lights that are embedded inside mm. the orb show you your stress mm, and mm, mm. that came out kind of magical like when when i finished mm. the final project i understood that i had something that's very interesting is it an experience because mm. first of all it's it's nice to look at it's aesthetic and, and pleasing and it's knit so it's very comforting and warm and very it's very surprising for people like when they pick it up and suddenly it lights mm. up it's just like there's a magic moment and when they learn about what it does it's even more like blowing their mind and i really love to see people interacting with it i i went to a few uh, exhibitions and, and some competitions and Emma was in, in one of them and it was very interesting to see the it reactions. Was. It especially was the kids. Yeah, especially the kids. Mm. I think mm. when we were in Austria together we saw um we went there we were there for like five days I think. Yeah, five days. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had tons of people come and we had this like nice corner where they could sit on a couch and just mm-hmm take a breather from the exhibition and just mm. like go into the, the experience. And mm. you could see um, all these experiences forming between people and the product. Yes. Um, maybe some of them I haven't really even predicted. Like I thought of it as a very personal experience, something that you do with yourself. Mm. But mm. we saw how people interacted like it's families or couples together True. around it. Mm. And it was very, very nice to see. Mm-hmm. So um, once I finished my, my school project, I really wanted to continue to, to push it forward. I hadn't really given it much thought as to how, like I didn't really think of it as a startup yet. Mm. Um, I just knew I wanted to keep working on it and I wanted yes. to, to bring it to people. Mm. I had, um, for my final project, I've been talking to a biofeedback therapist and once I finished, he said, okay, this is really cool. When can I buy it? I would love mm-hmm. to, to give customers uh, the opportunity mm-hmm. to use it. Mm. And then um, I was very lucky to come across a VC, Joy Ventures, um, mm. who invest in exactly that type of um, product and solutions. They right. are interested in well-being solutions. Mm-hmm. that have some sort of science behind them. And I think that was like a great fit. So suddenly I became this like CEO and founder of my own yeah. startup, which was... <laughs> what, what year was that? Was it 
Yeah, the first year you had some funding.、Um, it was it was June twenty eighteen, so two two years. Right, right. Was、yeah. it like popular to have you know that kind of topic around investment in you know specifically in Israel? Yes, no, not. Mm. Um, Israel is very B two B. First of all, very B two B. Right.、Um, right. Centered. So most of it is like solutions for for companies, corporate、mm. security,、mm-hmm. very big, like cyber security and stuff like that. Mm. Um, mm. So first of all, consumer products is is a very niche market in Israel. Right.、Um, and then out of that, doing hardware is even more niche. Like you don't、mm. find hardware、right. startups to deal with consumer products. So that is a very small market, and I think at that point,、um, the Israeli market is just like starting to wake to the fact that wellness is like this huge opportunity and market,、right. and、right. and the trend that、uh, people are really looking for solutions,、mm-hmm. and are they willing to to invest in solutions? So、mm-hmm. so Joy was very unique in that、um, environment, and.、Right. That was like an amazing fit for me,、um, mm, also like, mm. personally and in terms of like what I had. I, I'm、right. not sure they they imagined、uh, textile designer walking into their office.、Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's of, true. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Uh, that might have come out of left field for them, but I think that was like a very unique、um, connection that was formed. So suddenly,、mm. this this way to push forward. You 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 mentioned that、um, you didn't see yourself as like a CEO and a、mm. startup founder. What、um, yeah. what is the difference between when you were doing this as like a textile design project and I guess now as a business? What are the changes that you see in yourself, or you know, does it feel different? I'm really curious to hear about that. Ah,、uh, that's a great question.、Um, well, when you study、um, design in general, you're pretty much it's like. Kind of taboo to talk about the business aspect of it.、Um, they don't really、mm-hmm. teach you at school how to make a successful business out of being in design, which would be very、um, interesting to to hear about because that's a very difficult field.、Mm-hmm. And what we learn is how to produce one-off items that we do like with our hands or like with the help of machines, but not like necessarily in a way that you can mass produce. So.、Right. When I was at school, I think my dream was maybe to to start a textile studio to be able to knit items and and, and find consumers that are interested in that、mm. solution. But I wasn't thinking of it as like, I, first of all, I wasn't like thinking of it as a technology、um, mm. thing. I was thinking of it as like a craft thing, which the two should not be that separate, but they, they usually are. So. We just dealt with the craft part of it, mm. and mm. thinking of like, okay, how can I make this, and how can I make this into into a consumer product? That suddenly becomes like a more of a technology issue. Like it's a technology startup, and then,、yeah. um, like from my perspective, I、mm. have to insist on the textile and the softness being part of the experience because,、mm. so, mm. of course, like if you want to mass produce something, every、um, Product designer would tell you that the best thing you can do is just like go plastic. That's like the, the easiest thing, <laughs> right? Cheapest thing、mm. to do.、Um, mm. But when when you come from where I come from, it's very important to me to talk about like the texture and the softness.、Mm. And that. So that kind of fits in weirdly within the technology space because it's not、mm. an interface we used to to find.、Mm. It is something that we're starting to see. Like if you look at.、Um, Amazon Echo and how they're making it now、um, into、yeah. soft. They cover it with fabric because they know it's something that you want to, to place in your home. And and、mm. it's kind of scary to place something that like like Alexa that listens to you. So they're trying to、mm-hmm. soften it up.、Mm. So、um, textile is is very important, but it's not something that's very、um, common to see, especially in consumer products that are not like clothing and. and、mm. Design related, so it's kind of、right. like a, a weird space to be. That's true because you know I see a lot of neuro wellness startups, you know, for, who really offer 
um, the, or let's say they have the narrative really strongly around the facts and the evidence and the health aspect yeah. and the impact of it all. And it's very much measurable whilst, yeah. you know, and then you also mentioned about the whole textile realm, which is, you know, a totally different field. And yeah. I think what you're doing is really interesting because as you mentioned, you were craving for that solution yourself. Yeah. of like having something that relieves your anxiety and in the end has something that makes sense and makes you feel better but it's not always numerical it's something yeah. that just makes you feel that emotion and I think the hardest part yeah. is to make the consumer feel that you know feeling of because even if I have some sensor that shows me okay my vital is whatsoever my anxiety yeah. level is a minus or something it doesn't really tell me yeah. anything but yeah. I really like the part where you are really focused on more about the feeling and you know the, the experience of it and yeah I, I think you're now in the like trial with uh, in United States as I believe yeah. right how is yeah. that coming along oh it's it's amazing <laughs> i have to say um we've been doing um some rounds of study here in israel before we went to the u.s um so i've had um really the the pleasure of getting to talk to people directly and, and listening to them after they experience the product in their home so we mm -hmm. give them the prototype and we give them explanation on how to work it and there's an app that comes with it um, which they um, report to us during the study, but then we get to see them use Reflect in their home environment when they want mm. to and, and how they want to. And then I would meet up with them and listening to people talk about it, which is amazing, really. Um, mm. Like, no other conversation is the same as the one before it. Like, people mm. take it to um, very specific places and, and really kind of project their personality onto the experience. Mm. And once we finish with the Israeli studies, uh, we tend to look at the US market, which is where we're going to launch. Mm. So I was supposed to go there myself, but unfortunately that couldn't happen. So we're working right. with a Philadelphia partner. Mm. And and what they, we did there is the same thing, what we did for longer. So we have like 32 uh, participants and they mm. get the product to, to take home for a month. Mm. And then at the end of that month, we meet up with them via in, like video interview and we hear their experience. Mm -hmm. And it's been going very well. I can definitely say there's some difference. Like you can see the difference from before Corona time and since Corona time. Mm. Um, people are very open to trying new things. And right. they are already in that space where obviously everyone is so stressed and you're mm. stuck at home. And you're trying to think, especially in the beginning when it was kind of like a novelty where everyone yeah. is picking up new hobbies and, yeah. and trying to uh, think about like, I'm going to do yoga every day or meditate every day or do, like, <laughs> exercise <laughs> or bake bread. <laughs> that was, I, I, was, I was definitely part of that. I was doing oh, it. Oh, same here. You just, you just yeah. ticked off my entire March and April then. You know, yeah, and then when the novelty wore off, it was like, okay, can we can we finish wrap this up already? I'm bored. Right. Um, yeah. Let's go back to actually meeting people <laughs> and and going out. Right. Yeah. So so we came to people just at the moment that they they needed it, and right. we found it easier to find participants and and mm -hmm. to get to them, and people were mm -hmm. very open to trying it. Right. Um, and we had this. Um, we sort of compiled. Um, a list of criteria for who we want to start with based on things that came up from the Israeli study. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, one of the main um, things was that we found that people who have some sort of wellness background that are already practicing yoga or practicing mm. meditation or maybe have tried in the past and stopped or even just like don't download an app and then um, forgot about it. They are kind of more in that space where they really understand the value of the product. So mm. those are the people that really respond best to mm. um, to reflect, as opposed to people who have no background. Which um, I could tell them about reflect and biofeedback and mm -hmm. really just mention the science of it, but they would still kind of recoil and say, "Okay, but this is not for me. I'm not like a spiritual person." 
because there are some aspects of um, obviously mindfulness and paying attention and just sitting down for a while, um, which is not for everyone. And I totally get like some people when they're stressed, they just want to to busy themselves. They mm. don't necessarily want to stop everything. So true. Um, so we focused on people that do understand the value of trying to stop and listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And um, it's still ongoing in the US, but it's looking really, really good. Like I've been reading um, some reviews that they left and they're like, they have a survey at, kind of at the health point. We asked them how it's going. And then mm-hmm. some people have already finished and did their interviews. And it's just really heartwarming and amazing for me to read because um, like something that I thought of as a final project for school is now at the hands of people <laughs> in, in mm. the other side of the planet. And mm. they're saying that it's really helping them with the stress. It's helping them sleep better. It's right. helping them uh, take a break out of the day, which is mm. obviously insane for everybody at this period of time. Mm. So um, I kind of wish we had it ready for, for the market already because I think people would would really benefit from it. But unfortunately, we don't. So we just have to... Um, find the, the few that can use it mm. right now, but we're really working on um, getting to mass production and launch by the end of next year. Right, right. When you, um, you know, like you mentioned, explain about Reflect to a first person who's seen it. I mean, you gave us, you know, a whole explanation at the beginning, but yeah. what category, if any, would you say Reflect belongs to? Because it doesn't sound neurotechie 100% as you mentioned That's so true. yeah relaxation um, yeah I, I call it a relaxation aid mm. at the moment a relaxation um, device mm-hmm. um, it's it's interesting because I try not to influence people's opinions too much I just like give them the lowdown on on what it is how it works like how biofeedback works right. and I find that people kind of find their purpose in it Mm. It's one of the things that we ask people at the end, like, what did you think this product was for? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of helping us to to understand how to communicate that to others. But it's also helping me understand that there can be several uses. Mm. So the main main two uses you would see were, um, first of all, you can look at it as a, like, solution for a point in time right now where you need it, like, relaxation aid, like, I'm I'm Mm. coming in like before a meeting or before an interview and I want to lower my stress. Um, right. So that's like the relaxation aspect. Like this is a tool to help me relax, like stop mm-hmm. from point A and go to point mm-hmm. B. Um, and that's obviously a main main group and people think that's what it's for. But the other thing that's come up and it's very interesting um, is the second group that doesn't use it as a tool for relaxation as much as a means of awareness. So. Uh, and those are kind of the people who really benefit from it most, I feel. Right. And you feel, okay, this is a device that helps me connect with myself, that helps mm-hmm. me understand what's going on in my body. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily from like a task place or like, I'm not trying to get to any point. I'm just going to, um, just like in mindfulness, just be aware of what's going on and ju- just right. gently let it go with no judgment. And some people really find it like that's the purpose for it. And maybe just right. like understand yourself better. And that's that's amazing. I think those people really get what reflect is for. It's kind right. of um I'm not sure it's marketable that way. Um, but I think that's like the, the hidden benefit behind right. calling it the relaxation. Mm. But I think that's really interesting because you know what one of the things that reflect does without I think intention is that it captivates both of your hands to touch yes. a ball. Yeah. And that is exactly. a total screen detoxer or like an yeah. iPhone detoxer, like smartphone yeah. detoxer in general. Because, yeah. you know, I have like two laptops and two phones. And if I have those around me, I'm like always touching some kind of surface all the time. Yeah. But the moment I have it, it just, you know. Forces you to. Exactly. And it's yeah. not a really strong force or it's not nudging you in a certain yeah. direction or to a higher extent of your, you know, like something. But yeah. it just really gives you that soft 
it's like touching a teddy bear you know what i mean it's like yeah <laughs> it's, yeah when i was well, it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um i was thinking okay i want this to be the anti cell phone mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we have first of all all the interfaces that we come uh like we, we connect to every day uh, just like mm. screens and buttons and, and keyboards and, and swiping. Yes. So I wanted to create an interface that's very different from that. And it's sort of like hidden technology. You don't see, you don't expect it to be as technological as it is, which is right. um, nice. And mm. I wanted the experience, the tactile experience to be captivating enough mm. um, that you put your phone away for a while and just like mm-hmm. stop it. It was very, um, one of the things that's very important to me in designing the experience, mm. um, obviously there's an accompanying um, app for Reflect that you can connect with and you can use it to communicate with Reflect and do some right. configurations and things like that. But mm. I didn't want the experience to be tied uh, directly to your phone. So you can use mm. Reflect whenever you want, but you don't have to have your phone around. I think mm. um, just like the opposite, like keep it in another room, just like, take some right. time to sit with it mm-hmm. um and and i think people appreciate it as that as like a break mm. and when you you mentioned kind of that um children have had a really kind of uh, yeah surprising experience with with reflect <laughs> um, can you can you can you kind of go into that a little bit more you know because i guess children don't well maybe they don't um express stress in the same way as yeah. as we do what what have kind of your findings been yeah um it actually started way back in the exhibition where I, like showed it at school everyone who is a parent wanted to give it to their child everyone um i think because it's a very basic and, and pleasing interface it can be used for people without like the barrier of technology and it's not like a very complicated app or program so uh, that opens it up and also it's very inviting in, in the way that it's um designed to like show comfort and i think parents really want to understand what's going on with a child which they don't always know how to express so i think that's that and um yeah, in the exhibition, we saw many kids really enamored with it. Do you think? Do you think um, there is a target demographic for your product? Definitely. Um, there are like a few. We're going to start with the people that um, I mentioned before because I think that's like um, in startup terms, that's the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. People who really understand the value, where we don't need to convince them this is something important. People that already. Um, you know, invest in their wellness okay. can really benefit from it. So that's like okay. the, the main target market for the first like early adopters. That's who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely looking in ways that we're going to expand from that. Um, the nice thing about the wellness space right now is that you don't, you, we kind of passed the, the time where we need to explain to people that stress is bad and unhealthy for right. you. Mm, um, true. Because everyone is already there. Obviously, it's very, very apparent. So mm. everyone knows the stress. The thing is, they may not know what to do mm. with the stress or they don't have the time. Uh, right. So then we try to, to lower those barriers for them to so people who may not have time. Or, or money to go to like meditation classes can do this um, short experience at home when they need it. Right. Um, and we're thinking um, like in the future expanding possibly to like people who are very stressed and may not know of the possible solution. Mm, that's true. Have you watched yeah. Social and, and Dilemma by the way? Oh, sorry to cut in. Yeah. Oh, well. First of all, Tristan Harris is one of like my idols. I've been following everything he does for a really, really? long time. Yeah, ah. uh, I love him. Like I've, I, I feel so deeply the things he talks about, like attention economy, ah, like that. Right. So I, I was following the Center for Humane Technology a while before the movie came out. Aha. Um, yeah, and and just like I think he's so right, and I think. Well, he's right in, in that, that it's an unfair battle. Like, we right. all know that, that social networks are maybe um, 
infringing on our privacy and hindering mm. our mental health. But at this point, it's just like unfair. Um, mm. We don't have the power to disconnect anymore. And mm. they have all this information on us in like very, very deep cerebral um, ways to, to affect our behavior. Mm. Um, but mm. I think um, trying to be in that technology space that kind of takes technology First of mm. all, into like the realm of, of wellness and well-being, but also right. into the realm of um, it's your it's in your control. Like mm. I want to reflect to be there for you when you need it. Mm. I don't want you to be um, obviously dependent on it. Like it's mm. not my goal. I want it to be there for you um, as an anchor if you need it to use it. I don't need you to use it every day, twice a day. Right. So you become right. addicted. Mm. What do you think are like the you know? this might be like not a good way of putting it but yeah i i think there was always um a dilemma i would say um you know as being a company that acquires a lot of technology like unique technology in this sense um on you know there's so many ways that you can make profit out of certain technology but there's also the social good that you believe in also like how do you always think about when you are actually building a company building a product about these kind of things yeah um well it's very early for us because we're not we're not in the market yet so mm. so we're not um i don't have concrete plans yet mm. um but i do think about like how we can make it available for anyone who needs it and how we can mm. reach the people who need it and there's definitely going to be some market ed- education that we need to do because this is not right. something that you see every day it's not like it's also kind of hard to equate it to something else and say oh reflect is like this in this product mm. there are mm. some products that are also like in the startup space that are developing solutions but i think it, at this point it's not like something that you would see and say oh cool i know what it is mm-hmm. so it's going to take time uh to reach people obviously but right i think the benefit is like yeah, it's, it's given. People understand mm, right mm, 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 they need mm, to invest in the well-being. So, so right. that's good. Like that, that's a great conversation that's going on. Just like being able to talk about mental health is something that I guess a few years ago might not have been that accepted. Very so true. that's already good. Like that's already half of the way there. Um, mm. And just like really making it available for everyone to do, just like to get this... Um, calming experience just like a, mm. the reach of your hand mm-hmm. and, you know th- that topic of like taboo that you just mentioned um why do you think there are certain things which are still taboo for us to talk about even when you know with hindsight you know now with stress for example we can say yeah. oh it's a really good thing to talk about that and be open about it why do you think we create these taboos yeah. for ourselves well that's a great question. I think, first of all, it's a generational thing. I think um, mm. millennials and Gen Z would be more open to talking about their mental health. But I think it's just um, for years it's been perceived as like an admission of, of failure or like um, not being able to withstand what right. everyone is withstanding. So what's wrong with you um, in a way? Because um everyone obviously uh, hides and compartmentalizes their pain and their um stress and suffering um and it's not that like this is something that you can hide obviously mm. if you have mm. um a physical medical condition that may be harder to hide but if you have mm. um depression or anxiety you're supposed to to play act as normal to to the rest of the world But I think because um, younger people are more um, just like sharing on on social media, probably that's that's another huge aspect of it, where it's finally become okay to talk about not being okay, Um, which I think is wonderful. I think like I never liked hiding um, what I'm going through. Like I am a very sharing person. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always like, Sometimes being very anxious, it's always kind of worrying, like, what if I try to explain that to something, someone else? And they're not mm. going to understand, or they're going to judge me, or they're going to think that something's wrong with me. So, right. 
I think right now we're at a point which is really great where we can talk about it and also see other strangers sharing the same experiences we have. Mm. I think, um, for instance, I, I don't have kids, but I think a few years ago you couldn't say anything bad about like being a parent or a new parent mm. um, and struggling with your child because that's like huge, but you're supposed to be on that's top true. of it. Mm. And, and just recently people started talking about the experiences, sometimes mm. very hard and challenging. Indeed. And then other people saw that other people are feeling the same and they can mm. share that, um, which I think is wonderful. I think at the mm. end it's going to benefit all of us just to be able mm. to talk about where we struggle. Um, and see that other people are going through the same thing is very encouraging. It means that something's not like specifically wrong with me. It's right. something that we share and that's okay. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, there's rarely anything, anything in the world that is kind of like binary, like good or bad or shouldn't talk about that, should talk about this. Yeah. And, mm. and I think if we go back to the social dilemma, there's that whole thing around it can bring so much comfort but also so much pain. Mm. It's, yeah. very, it's, it's like like being, it's very human in a way. Um, mm. I don't know, I guess... Anytime now, if you feel sad or if you feel lonely, you could search on some of these platforms and you would yeah. find other people going through the same thing and that's super mm. comforting. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's definitely strength in that, but yeah, definitely some, some downside on, on the other side of it, obviously. No. Um, that's very true. You know, one of the things I was talking with my colleague the other day, um, or my friend with the other day, um, is that, you know, how we are actually changing let's say we like modes let's say you like being on and off work yeah. life um our minds have become more efficient in doing that i mean after this sim call i might have another call and i will be in a totally different language or you know the topic to begin with but yeah. the, the physical state isn't catching up with what we are actually feeling and i think yeah. there's Like an imbalance between that and I think there's definitely um, there will be and there already is um, you know some space to put in thought around the physical part on you know how we detect but also take care of the stress yeah. that our body is feeling already because I think there's a lot of signals that our body is actually giving out but not being able to be verbalized or being shown yeah. like you mentioned around you know the hidden stress that people may have and I think that's pretty the small accumulation of those things can really you know damage you in a very wrong way mm. definitely and I think we we kind of tune out of it and try not to listen to it if we're um, yeah. thinking that we shouldn't exactly. I had um One of the participants in the in the last study did in Israel, and that mm. this was just like when the first lockdown started and um, she she didn't lose her job, but she lost like some capacity. so she was very financially strained and she was very busy walking at home mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And she said that she would get to these like just exhaustion stages where she had to start everything and just lie down. like I think she said lie down on the floor even. Mm. and just try to look at her body for a second and say wait what what do you need right now do i need right. to, to to eat something because i haven't mm. eaten in like a while do i need mm. to drink do i need to rest for a minute mm. and because she was so stressed with her job she kept tuning out of those emotions and she had finally reached this point where she had to stop everything and and listen to her body mm. so i think what reflect is promoting as well is just Remember to stop and listen to your body. And, right. and one of the things that I really like about Reflect, um, mm-hmm. one of the main benefits of it being a physical product mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is like well designed and it's going to be um, hopefully placed somewhere significant in your space, mm-hmm. is that it's a physical reminder to, to stop right. and think. Even when you're not holding it and using it, just seeing mm-hmm. it and saying, oh wait, let's Let's check in with myself for a moment. Mm. Like, what mm. am I feeling? Mm. What is my body feeling? Mm. So that, that's a great um, addition to the experience that something in an app can give you. Um, Absolutely. 
because obviously for, for me um thinking about like meditation apps and, and relaxation apps i find this kind of um paradoxical because for me the phone is um a cause of stress mm. um like it, you don't really disconnect when you do something on your phone mm. Um, mm. and and the notifications will come and like texts would come and, and interrupt you or a new email from work would come and, and make you stressed again. So mm. I find those experience that you do through your phone um, kind of difficult to maintain. Right. So let's just put it aside and, and mm. just be able, just see that we're able to disconnect from it because I think we're at a point where we don't think we can. Yeah, that's like, true don't believe that we can and i know this about myself like i'm i'm pretty addicted to my phone even though mm. i know that i don't want to be right. i know that like i use the tracking and like limiting time and yeah. still i can't Name stay it. away <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the only thing that i'm doing well um mm-hmm. which i recommend doing is not going to sleep with it like that's one thing that yeah yeah i was very humble from sleep for sleep mm-hmm. but we have this like no phones in the bedroom rule mm, and also it makes you read a lot more so that's right right mm. i was going to ask a question around um building a company which is all about helping people to connect with themselves and understand their stress mm. what kind of things do you do as a team that um kind of encourage that more i guess Mm. relaxing or like stress minimizing sort of circumstances sure yeah i think um um and i think i got it maybe from 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 joy which are also really um, focused on providing a well-being experience so Mm. um i think we're not a typical startup in the way that you would expect us to be constantly um stressed and strung out and walking till late hours like with mm. time i'm trying not to project that like obviously we would have some things where we need to really ramp up and, mm. and walk on but i'm trying not to get into this toxic environment of this is a startup so obviously everyone has to be overworked there are no limits <laughs> we have to be on all the time right um which i'm really trying not to get into the the team itself is really brand new so mm. um my CEO joined um, in March, so just a few right. months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and until then, I've been working myself with service providers. When he mm. came along, we have he has another developer in QA, and now we have like this amazing team. Uh, but before that, I was just myself. Like I'm, I'm alone in my office, and I work with service providers that are not like um, in my company, and they're not mm-hmm. like. So um, obviously there's challenges to that as well. Um, right. And kind of um, loneliness as well. Um, I, I survived and now I have this amazing CTO and, and mm. I'm just really trying to, to keep in mind, I think we're trying to walk in a wellness space and we're trying to provide something that is good. And I think we need to, to bring that into our lives as well. Um, mm. One of the things that I started doing when I started working at Reflect is I started a daily meditation practice. And mm. I want to, first of all, to understand and learn about the, the market that I want to, to be a right. player in. But also I want to, to engage in, in those practices. So mm. I want to bring that into my life as well. I don't want to be, to be like disconnected from, from customers and trying to think of mm. someone who want to go to design for. Mm. <laughs> that's true yeah it's 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 kind of cynical isn't it because once you try to be a wellness company but in the end you're working <laughs> without any wellness yeah. at all in your life it, it is contradicting yeah yeah and i think mm-hmm. for startups especially they're not like big companies like you know like google like other huge corporations will have those like benefits and, right. perks and yoga for their employees yeah. but you're yeah. not like you can't afford that for yourself as a startup. That's true. But I think still there's a way to to keep boundaries on mm. your work and just to yeah, to not kill yourself walking on, mm. on something like mm. the mm. mindful of the process. Absolutely. And and, Absolutely. and obviously I'm very lucky to be able to do that because I have mm. um, my investors are 
are great and we have a great relationship and, mm. and they don't demand for me to to be like that so that's great that's um, but i think that that way yeah that's, mm. that's amazing and i think um by projecting that to the other people i work with mm-hmm. we can create a very um kind and empathetic mm. environment mm. for work which mm. i think is best mm. Mm. that's very that's important I don't, I don't know if it's the same in Israel, I'd, I'd love to learn, um, but there's a bit of a negative narrative sometimes around startup work culture. Mm. You know, yeah. you mentioned this idea around sort of burnout, and um, I think it's now widely recognised even by the World Health Organization, burnout is like yeah. a disease pre- prevalent amongst young people. What yeah. is startup culture like in, in Israel? Um, I think, uh, well, I'm not sure, because I worked in a startup Um, another startup as a quality engineer before while I was at school and that one was also a very kind and like a family um, mm-hmm. environment and we all liked each other and liked working each- with each other so that was good um, but I, I assume it's like the rest of the world like yeah there's burnout and there's walking crazy hours and walking on the weekends and right. just uh, being very demanding of yourself and of others Um, mm. But it's definitely something that we know, I think, for the long term, that it's not sustainable. And one of, like, the... the obviously, um, the, the corona thing is, is very bad in all aspects of life. But one thing mm. that has actually come out of it that I hope stays is um, being able to balance, like, walking from home and being with your family and setting time for yourself. Um, mm. And I think many companies and startups in Israel as well, they found that working from home is actually productive and, mm. and setting boundaries is actually good and, and it helps employee well-being and that helps the company. So I think we don't need to work long hours and we don't mm. necessarily uh, need to push ourselves beyond what, what's normal or just like You know, disregard every other aspect of our life to be a successful startup. Like we can mm. have families and we can have friends and we can have uh, a work-life balance and still mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. startup. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, like I, I, I plan to, to try to prove that, hopefully. For sure. Well, you're on the right track. What's the challenge towards that, you know, towards We're your just... definition of success? Um, My success would just be to get uh, people to, to use Reflect and find yeah. a connection with my, mm. my customers because um, community building is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to and, and mm. looking forward to, to do. I really am just very excited to hear people talk about something that, that I created and say that they want it in their lives or mm. they want to mm. purchase it. So, Um, for me, success is just getting reflect to the people who need it and would use it. Right. Um, obviously, it's not like a very um, businessy or like a financial success in a way, but um, I think you're mission driven. I would like. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and definitely community driven. Like I'm very mm. interested in starting a dialogue with people right. that reflect and can benefit. And I think mm. through the, the user studies, we started doing that. So we... Obviously, you can't, you can't design and, and develop cust- like consumer products in like your own bubble and then go out to the market and hope that it sells. Like you have to be very attuned to what people would like uh, and what would help them. And mm. it's a very unique and, and kind of difficult experience to craft because we want to influence people's emotions in a way or like their well-being and we want to Um, create a product that not only measures you but also an experience that you would love and would want to come back to because it has some impact on your well-being so you can't do that in like a vacuum you have to talk to people all the time sure sure and you know even if the person like listens to your story and say like yeah well-being is important but are they really expressing it are they really exercising it are they You know do they know know it in in the guts it's a, such a different story so yeah. in a way you know what you mentioned just repeating it but that community which kind of creates all those different narratives in order to touch 
that person's realization is, is I think the most important part mm. yeah. yeah and I think especially now people are just like vying for a break mm. they want um, and, and getting like everyone together and saying yes a break is good a break is important like mm. take a break out of your day don't do like a marathon of meetings and have reflect on your desk remind you to think about yourself for a while right if you're like a parent um which also some of our participants were um obviously especially now when everyone is working from home and their kids are mm. like doing school from home it's right. very um difficult to remember that you also have to think about yourself once in a while we had um a participant who's a mother and said Um, she liked going back home, like back to her bedroom at the end of the day and have reflect sit there and remind her to think of herself and her needs because those are completely ignored during the entire day because she's a mom and that's her job. So right. just reminding you to, to go back to, to yourself for a minute, to give time to your thoughts and, and emotions. And especially when you don't come to reflect as like a task or like something to, to succeed at. When it's just okay, just let yourself be for a minute and and focus and not escape to to your cell phone and to other people and other things, just like be with yourself and just focus on on how you're feeling is very important, no matter if you can't relax at this moment, no matter if like you don't succeed, just mm -hmm. the act of of taking that break for yourself is super important, definitely, yes, on that note. I think we're almost running out of time, actually. Thank you so much for sharing your time, Nuga, with us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting you me. It was great your... talking to you. Oh, good. How did you like your first podcast record? It was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. You'll be able to do thousands from now on then. <laughs> Just say yes to every offer. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, But well... the first one is always special. Oh! She says the right things. Thank you. That is also recorded, by the way. So you know, but just right. We actually have it. You know, I'm always like, we we have it. We have it on tape. We have it. <laughs> always. The but, um, if you are ever in Europe, then please please do get in touch. I think you know I'm on the email uh, as well. So so you know please come. Oh, definitely. Once once we are let out of this cage, I will love to. I, I miss London. So much. Like I've that. been so many times and yet yeah, just like being outside is it's a blessing right now. Um but yeah, and thank you so much for setting this up and for your work. I'm very excited about what you're doing with the collective. Thank you guys. Good. It's been great. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Bye.